George, did you turn your, do you have your settings off for the ding? I just heard it a second ago. Was that you? That, that's weird. I didn't know it was your computer. I thought you had just gone to the dentist and, and that your pearly whites were gleaming. <laughs> ding! Ding! <laughs> I shut that off. Oh. That should be fine now, except there okay. it goes. <laughs> okay, here, options. Perfect. Options. <laughs> was, that, was that the Bing telling you it's perfect? My problems are solved, mate. <laughs> My problems are solved, mate. Ding! <laughs> Well, 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 look who came crawling back. <laughs> we did. <laughs> well, I was talking to our audience, actually. Fuck those guys. <laughs> hey, this is Ear and Loathing, uh, back from our winter break, and it's episode 42, and we're all super enthusiastic to be here, right, guys? Yeah! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's my Gitmos. <laughs> so, you know... Today, well, let's let's introduce the guys first before we decide what what's on our agenda. First of all, it's been too long, but I'd like to reintroduce you to our good pal. He's the media darling of Ear and Loathing. Why don't you say hello? Hi, everybody. I'm George White, and I am reintroducing myself, and I think I speak for all of the Gitmos when I say everybody thought the Gitmos are gone. They didn't mean forever. Yeah. I think George smoked a fat doobie right before recording. <laughs> yeah. Could I buy some pot from you? It's it's edibles. I had I ate I ate the ear off a gummy bear. <laughs> Just the ear. And I'm very talkative. <laughs> yeah. He's right though. We are the number one rockers forever. And don't you, you forget ain't lying. It. You ain't lying. Yeah. I mean So also, oh, what's that? I hear another voice. It sounds like it's coming from the North Star. He's my North Star. He's George's North Star. He's all the gummy bears, North Star. Why don't you say hello? Baringa! Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. Whoops, that's the devil. And frankly, he's a slob and exaggerating his financial situation. <laughs> I guess. I think you ate the head off the gummy bear. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, did you guys both start on different sides of the gummy and work your way in? <laughs> Just like Lady so, and the Tramp, but with a gummy bear instead of spaghetti. Just, so Lady and the Tramp are just two assholes. <laughs> like, no, you guys, two nerds at El Pollo Loco. Right. <laughs> uh, so I guess uh, you should all know that Aaron is in the torture chamber today. Fuck yeah, dude. And uh, yeah. So he is going to be subjected to some really horrible music by me and George. But first, oh, yeah. uh, before we send him down there, he has to uh, regale us with some mirth. But before that, there is a gatekeeper who has to let him in, to unlock. He's got a skeleton key, and he opens <laughs> he opens the door and lets lets Aaron in. Let's see, like he's got he's kind of got this password that he likes to say before I you. Forgot can... about this son of a bitch. Yeah, he's been. He's, <laughs> You have to say this is the secret, the secret password to get in. So here, he's yeah. going to give it to you right now. What do you say, sir? Hi there. Welcome to Kibitz Corner. 
not that secret accent. I, mean, I could have figured that out myself. I missed that barrel-wearing fucker. I missed him. <laughs> this is 42 times in a row he said the same shit. <laughs> it's Damn always it. great, you know? It's just it's great branded content. I yeah. fucking admit that he, he makes me laugh each time. So, like, yeah. who's who's the real fucking a-hole? Yeah. Why would yeah. you put extra work in coming up with bits and gags when all he has to do is say the same thing every time? <laughs> The power yeah, of the we, catchphrase. Look at us. We try and try and try. And when you see people in the streets, what do they say to all of us? Boy, I sure love that. I uh, sure love that Southern guy. He's great. They don't know his name. They don't yeah. know. They go, I love that Southern guy. We're like, yeah. you mean George? No. No. <laughs> we mean Clem. Okay. Well, hmm. We're not the, that funny, I guess. The, the ladies nope. love George and the men love Clem. That's, right. <laughs> That's how it shakes out. Nobody loves Damon and I. I know. Darnell and Eric get shit. I was going to say. <laughs> right, yeah. That was a, forgot the cavalcade of, of celebrities. <laughs> All right. So um, do you have any fun events for us t- uh, today, A-Dog? I do. I do. Uh, I'm happy to use my time in the corner to, uh, uh, you know, give info back to the people, occasionally take info from the people. <laughs> uh, and in this, in, in this, uh, uh, top of the year here, top of a new season, top of a new attitude, I figured that we come with a new, uh, feature and this new feature is called get mode defense. <laughs> here we go. You done fucked up. You done fucked up. Keep me out of prison, get mode, bro. I feel like I feel like a super funky Prince jam is going to start now, yeah. like Housequake or something. Uh. <laughs> it was awesome. All right, Jesus, well. that was Jesus. That's a lot of people don't know the Chicago Bears went to the Super Bowl in '85 with the Gitmo defense. A lot of people don't know that. That's right. That's right. So in this particular case, George is referring to uh, a defense of another type, but we're talking about defense in a legal sense now. This is Gitmo defense. As you're no doubt aware, the Gitmos are legal experts. Uh, of course, you guys know that. Um, and here on Gitmo defense, we will offer counsel to those in need. And each episode of the Gitmo defense, should we decide to continue it, will address a particular strategy to assure your defense is successful, should you be facing serious legal trouble. In a court now, of law. That's right. Now, over time, we're going to be able to cover things uh, like... Uh, making sure you have a nice haircut, uh, making sure that you have a conservative suit and glasses, and <laughs> just a clean image in general, so yeah. that the jury and your peers and the judge will all look kindly on you and think that, hey, this guy deserves to be free. This guy deserves to be free. Look at him. He's so nice. This guy's innocent. Now, right. He's totally innocent. Why are we even doing this? They'll say. <laughs> now, as I say, we'll have different, you know, sometimes we'll be talking about the clothes you might want to wear, things you might want to say or not say. Now, this episode of Gitmo Defense is called The Food Court of Public Opinion. 
<laughs> now, I'll have a corn dog. That's right. Now, stop, sh- stop stepping on my shit, George. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> during this trial, uh, should you be spotted out in town by the judge or the jury or anybody else, uh, what you're eating or drinking is going to say a lot about you and your state of mind and if you're a psychopath or not. Now, uh, I'll start you guys off with some thoughts of things that I think you shouldn't eat, be seen eating. And then you guys, I want to hear from you guys about the, the some items and why uh, you think that might be bad. And then we can just sort of bounce things back and forth. I think this uh, that our audience will find that helpful, especially the criminals. Is this kind of like if the prosecutor sends out like a private eye to film you at a, at a food court and, you, and will yeah. use this evidence against you in court? Yeah, because like, I mean, and all, or like, in, if it's not like the OJ trial where they had the, uh, the jury, you know, stuck away in a holiday inn somewhere, like people are out in the world. So, you know, they're encouraged not to say anything, but should they see you, they're going to, you know, they'll, it's like, if you see somebody who is, uh, like, uh, claiming that he has a bad back, can't work, so he's getting paid, but he's, mm-hmm. you know, on, on the trampoline or something, they know. So yeah, through, you know, uh, private detective or otherwise. So, uh, so what we're going to start with here is that, uh, so as a, for instance, because obviously this changes depending on what you're being accused of. Mm. So for instance, if your spouse was murdered and the prosecution's looking at you, do not be seen eating fajitas because <laughs> that, that grizz, that sizzling platter <laughs> comes off as a bit glib. Uh, I think in the in the face of a human tragedy. <laughs> okay, so you want it like you want to be eating something somber. Yeah, you know, or something. Yes, yeah, something serious, that's you know, you know yes, yeah, like salad. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, one of the other ones I had was a corn dog. Now, I think that like if you were using a fork and knife, you'd look like a dummy. But anything on a stick. It's just going to look like you're like you're at a fair and like yeah, if right. you're up for murder, like you can't yeah. be having a corn. Yeah, you're eating like a like a caramel apple or something. Yeah. It's, it's no no cotton candy for murderers. You're <laughs> right, right, you're right, right. Cotton candy. I also put popcorn shrimp on there. That's, that's too fun. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't have that. You're supposed to be in. No in like... shish or kebab. <laughs> no, I was thinking about shish kebab. Absolutely. Shrimp in general, I thought probably should just be on it. It seems like something you'd have when you're having fun. No I, funnel cake. Yeah, funnel cake. Anything to murdering your wife is that what we're coming up with? Or we, I, we just came up with the money. Yeah. So, like from a, from the if you're accused of murdering your wife, I thought that the two other ones I had were uh, an ice cream cone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because like if you had it like an ice cream in a bowl, maybe because you could sort of look somber <laughs> sinking it yeah. off the spoon. And uh, same thing with like a donut. Donut seems like you're having a fucking time of your life. Yeah. And so those are the things I was thinking of. And like, and if you guys have other ones, we need to give people advice because there, but for the grace of God, guys, maybe not on murdering a spouse, God forbid, but hey, could be up against it. Yeah. 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 What do you think? Uh, George, what do you think? You were so quick to step on my corn dog. So, I'm Ow. sorry. I, so, hey, ouch. Hey, that's my corn dog. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nice corn dog. <laughs> when, when I was a boy, my mom and I used to stay at the hot dog and a stick condo in uh, Palm Springs. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> HD and an S. HD and S. Yeah, hot dog and a stick. The, because the um the guy Dave somebody you know they always had a picture of him out in front like uh, of the of the um there's a picture of him on the counter and he's jogging and he's seventy years old or whatever. You remember that and when you yeah. went to any of those locations and his name was Dave uh, Antwerp or I Dave Stick. Dave Stick. His name was Dave Stick. And and what, what it was is he loved dating young girls and he had this condo to stash them in in Palm Springs. My mom was friends. And by a young girl, I mean pe- girls 40, like my mom. 
my mom was not one of those girls, but his, but her friend Patricia was. And so we could sometimes go down there when Dave and her weren't using it. And my mom go, hey, you want to go to the hot dog and a stick condo? <laughs> I, don't, I cannot believe, George, that you're telling this entire story when you're clearly talking about a fuck pad and you didn't say it. Did you not say <laughs> I, you're it? You're right. I did. It was you and your mom total, there? It's a total fuck. Well, I didn't. It's a fuck I, pad. It was. I didn't know. Literally. That. It was just called the hot dog and a stick condo. No, but now. It should have been called the fuck pad condo. <laughs> <laughs> I had some good times at it, though. I guess is my point. Anyway, it should have been, been called "Where Should I Stick My Hot Dog?" <laughs> nice. Where should Dave stick his hot dog? Um, so, uh, so, right, uh, so it's uh, George White hand. Esquire. George White Esquire. Uh, <laughs> in reviewing, in reviewing uh, uh, food options for your client who's up, he's gonna go. He's gonna go to the fucking Sing Sing Dog. You yeah, gotta so help him stay straight and narrow. I had two initial thoughts. Um, the yes. first one is uh, any kind of any kind of uh, real upscale restaurant. No spagos. Don't be seen somewhere spending a lot on money, having a good old time because people are going to go. This fucking guy's on trial for murdering his wife, and he's at Spago just whooping it up and having all the desserts. <laughs> right. Now, I was thinking about that, George, and I was thinking yeah. that like there's something somber about a steak, you know, because he's just sitting there, he's having some meat, you know. I don't know. Like there's something that's it's it's it can be celebratory and it can also be like somber and sad. Guy by himself having a steak might be okay, and that's oh, at a fancy if restaurant. He, if but you're he by yourself either. anywhere, I guess that would be okay. I was thinking out, out with other guests, you know. Right. If you're sitting in the well, corner by yourself, of a smokehouse, you know, <laughs> by yourself and having popcorn shrimp though, that's fucking something Ted Bundy would do. That's a no no. That's you creepy. Cannot do it. You're right. Um, and my my second thought on the other side of the spectrum, but yet the same thing is um, is Tommy's chili burgers. <laughs> because most people that end up there with a big bib on it, yeah, it's, it's a Carl's Jr. commercial it, it's, you know it's it's late at night when you make that decision usually and you yeah. know it's one in the morning and you're in that line and you're buzzed and you know what, it's just it's not that's not a good look if you end up there it's, have chili on your nose and shit. Exactly. You take that big bite and it's just all over your... Right, exactly. Yeah, that, that's the guy on trial for killing his wife. Oh, he did that shit. He, look <laughs> yeah. at him. Fucking yeah. chili all over his ass, dude. Wait, and as you, as you struggle to like that, that, that shitty paper towel thing they have where the napkins are the size of like a, of like a thumbnail and you're just trying you're, to pull them out right your face with a huge wad of them and it's and you, have, and you put a support hand up on the wall but now that's got chili all over it too. <laughs> exactly. It's a big hand mark on the... On the, uh, on the on the on the uh, paper towel dispenser, you, and that you, guy you, murdered you, the fuck out of them. You guys, and you just shove your hand into like the you know it's a seventeen seventy five ounce diet coke they've given you just to wash your hand of the chili. <laughs> <laughs> that handprint of chili matches that handprint of blood from the crime right, scene, yeah. and that's how they convict you. <laughs> Forensic evidence. That's right. Just, those uh, are my two initial thoughts of something you shouldn't be doing. If, all right, uh, uh, Damon uh, Damon uh, uh, Esquire. I was trying to think of uh, Damon Cochran. What do you think? <laughs> I might have a couple. Uh, the first one that comes to mind is Jello with fruit in it. <laughs> no ambrosia. It's festive. It's festive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the um, like eat anything that colorful. First of all, but then you have you got the the added bonus, like the the kind of. Pleasant surprise of oh pineapple, mm-hmm. you don't you don't want to be exclaiming your your, your joy. Oh, is this maraschino cherry? Hmm. I, I just pictured those huge oversized bowls they have at buffets that are giant. They're like fish aquariums full of green jello. Like right, <laughs> I don't want to be seen spooning up through that bowl. 
Exactly. It's just with tons of whipped cream on it and marshmallows. And... <laughs> it's like you don't want to go to Ferrell's where they have the ding, 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 Guys, like, turn it off. I'm going to look like an asshole. <laughs> you got the, the barbershop quartet hat on. Right, exactly. Spats or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good, good points. All good points. Yeah. What else you got? So you got you got Jello with stuff in it. I would think that Jello, maybe without it, would be a little bit more somber. Yeah, and it has to be Jell-O. kind of a mellow color, you know. Right, right. Like avoid your 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 yellows and Day your blue. purples and stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, I feel like desserts kind of in general, like you, you just kind of want to avoid cause that feels too celebratory to me. But Cherry like you said, like if, if you're just having, like you said, uh, ice cream cone, no vanilla ice cream in a, in a somber bowl. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, and don't look like you're enjoying it while you're eating it, by the way. You know, yeah, this is a means to an end. You're just trying to get this dairy into your system for right. sustenance. Yeah. Right. Well, you have to treat it like it's your last meal, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I, I get what you're saying. There, there's something. There's something. It, it could go both ways. There's something you going like, look at this fucking guy. He's at the house of pies in Las yeah, Vegas, right. just having a good old time, just eating, you know. <laughs> but then there's something sad about a guy, just like some lemon meringue, just by himself with a cup of coffee, right? You know, like kind of just there's there's a like Aaron said about the steak. There's if you. Kind of like walk out of a Seven Eleven in Hollywood and, and like tearing tearing open a like a Hostess pie acceptable, mm-hmm. right? It's because yeah, it's sad. That's depressing. That's depressing as yeah. fuck. If you yeah. eat it in the parking lot, you can do that. You know, yeah. people yeah. might feel sorry for you, but like George said, don't go to like House of Pies or Marie Callender's and ooh, extra whipped whip cream, please. You know, <laughs> I don't think you could be at Dodger Stadium and go, "Yo, peanuts over here!" And a guy just chucks them to you. You're all nice. You catch them, just grab them, <laughs> tear them open. <laughs> I think you can be drinking because this this counts for drinks too. I think you can be drinking like a somber, like three you know three fingers of fucking cutty. Yeah, yeah. That might be a guy who's just nursing it. But like, there's some things you can't have absolutely as far as drinks are concerned. Like, yeah, Aaron, you're right. If you're at Dodger Stadium, don't be walking back to your seat with a tray full of beers. <laughs> Nachos. Yeah. <laughs> Nachos <laughs> are not very somber. Three don't have the, the don't, don't have that beer hat. You know that's connected to straws. <laughs> Even a foam dome. <laughs> guy's having the time of his life catching the foul ball. A good time of the Dodger game. Look at this fucking guy. He's going to take me out to the ball game of the seventh inning. Ellen Dell, Dollar Dodger Con, Oregon. Yeah, you got to go home before the seventh inning stretch if you're at the big game because no one wants to see you as a murder fucking suspect. Yeah, this is all good PR advice. This is all good PR advice. <laughs> I'm going to give you a, like a plain Dodger dog. I get that if you go to Dodger Stadium, it's kind of hard not to have a, a dog. But don't start piling shit on there, for God's sake. You know, <laughs> mustard, relish, chili, you know, cheese. Don't. Don't none of it. Just it's got to be a plain Dodger dog, right? Don't put yeah. the nacho cheese on the dog. No. Yeah. Don't you dare. You're right. You know you haven't earned that yet. Until you walk out a free man, then you have all the ch- fucking cheese sauce you want, baby. <laughs> but not till then. How about how about after the big game, you go to a dark dark bar like the Smokehouse or something, 
and beautiful downtown Burbank. Now, there's some things in there that you can drink. I think that the you know straight like whiskey, maybe no even fucking rocks. You haven't even earned the rocks. Sorry, but you haven't. Um, yeah, there's some things. There's some things that I'm sure you guys could think of that probably you can't. Like I'll say for instance, a mudslide. Shouldn't drink. No one should drink no. that anyways. Right. No <laughs> blue Hawaii. No no planters punch. <laughs> Yeah. None of Keep that the shit. blue curacao out yeah, of it. You curacao, nothing. <laughs> if the bartender tries to hand you an umbrella, throw it right in his face. <laughs> what are yeah. you trying to do? Put yeah. me in jail? He's like, "What are you talking about, guy? <laughs> trying to send me to the to the electric chair? I'm on trial here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going down for real time. A margarita, like don't, and anything with a blender, like you can't be. I'm depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's to silence your screens. Uh, when when you said, what did you say? What was the first thing you said? You said, um, um, Aaron. Fajitas. Fajitas, right? I was thinking, like, you can't get the, you can't get the, um, like, the poo-poo platter. Like, the no. appetizer platter that has everything. Chicken wings. Jalapeno you know, poppers. Yeah, jalapeno poppers. A blooming onion. You know, uh, chicken fingers. All the shit that comes to every appetizer. Poo-poo platter. Right, mozzarella cannot, sticks. Mozzarella You can't have that. You cannot yeah. have that. Even if it's a group, you cannot have that. <clears throat> yeah, I thought of another one, Aaron. Uh, going back to I think I think it was the episode with Dalton where uh, the you know the the Civil War reenactors. Right. <laughs> if if you're camping, no s'mores. Right. Oh, right. Yeah, like no you can way. heat up a can of beans on on the fi- on the fire. No s'mores. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. celebratory. Yeah, it's having a good time. You don't have like cry s'mores. That doesn't, yeah. that doesn't happen. No. Um, on that subject, too, you know what? You can't go, you cannot enter a fancy candy shop. You can't. No. You can't go in, like, even the old For tiny ones. Yeah. yeah. And get a, you know, expensive chocolates and, you know. Yeah, if you're walking down the street and you see one, just cross the street. Yeah. Because you don't even want a picture yeah. of you yeah. next to the candy store. Yeah, no gourmet anything. Not a gourmet, you know, uh, ice cream shop. Not a gourmet yeah. candy shop, anything that seems frivolous like that, where you, you just have all this, all this, you know, a big shopping bag full of candy because you've gotten lemon heads and all the things from your childhood, and you're just having a great yeah. time. Yeah, I'll look the other way. You got a box of milk duds just because it's a fucking duds in there, just <laughs> depressing. <laughs> when you yeah. said candy store, Georgie, all I could think of was that uh, Main Street uh, Disneyland where they had the fucking massive uh, Mickey Mouse. Lollipop, lollipop shape. Oh right, the all day sucker, the huge yeah. all day sucker, as big as your face, and like it's like in ferals. That's what you got at ferals. Right, you, right, you right. A gobstopper like a softball. Right. Yeah. <laughs> looks like Jupiter. It looks like Jupiter. You're eating Jupiter. <laughs> Speaking of of candy, I was gonna say like, you know, a small like sliver of like trident gum is okay, but no like bubblicious blowing bubbles. No. Yeah, oh, that's so happy. Like, hey, look yeah. at me. Yeah, that's you're a jackass if you're just yeah. Right. The color of it, that's a great note. Yeah. Yeah. Blowing bubbles is in this particular situation, like our guys gonna go do real time, might get uh, might get sent up up the river. Uh the other thing you can't do is if you go old school, like I don't wanna see you uh racing a hoop down the street with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be in one of those bicycles with a giant front wheel. <laughs> this guy's having a fucking blast over here. I, I gotta, I gotta ask you guys this right now because I did not plan on this. It is like, can you hear that? 
hailing inside or on the top of the roof of the supply closet. Oh, it's wow, really? getting hard for me to hear. Like, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really loud. Wow. I'm, see, I'm trying to see if it's registering on the, um, on the garage band. But it's pouring right now. Is it, is it pouring where you are, Damon? No, it's been raining all day, but maybe it's got to work its way over here. Yeah, from Santa Monica and, and supply closets all over the city. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to miss an opportunity to see TMZ guy. So yeah, I, right. hope it, I hope it doesn't hail. Hey, Damon, enjoying the hail, huh? <laughs> hey, Damon, how about this weather, huh? <laughs> Some weather we're having, huh? Got new tiles in the shower? <laughs> so so there we are. I think, you know, look, I think that, and you know, we charge uh, by the hour. So I feel like yeah. it's, it's probably the best thing we could do right now is, like, give somebody, like, a 15-minute rate. We gave them a bunch of information, a shit ton, really. Uh, we've taken you all over Los Angeles, took you to Dodger Stadium, took you to fucking Ferrell's, all over the place. <laughs> Tommy's. To the Smokehouse, Tommy's. The fuck pad in Palm Springs, the top dog in the stick, fuck pad in Palm Springs. <laughs> <laughs> so, so look, I think that that's, uh, you know, that's, that's a lot of very valuable information. I would encourage you guys, and I, I know that I will, uh, consider coming back to this, uh, this, uh, uh, to the Gitmo defense um, uh, 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 show to share more information with people because everybody could use it. Even the, even the innocent because they may know somebody who's guilty or being con- convicted of something. Sure. Like, yeah, you might have a family member who's, you know, yeah. need to share. Done something. So, so they get, get Mo's and Associates. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Bid you adieu for this get episode. Get Mo's. Right. <laughs> From senior partner, Damon Pipitone. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I, I'm going to presuppose what you're going to ask me, Damon. Let me just tell you something. I want to make this perfectly clear. I, I have my answer. I have it. I have okay. my answer. I don't really care until someone verifies it. So let's see. <laughs> I have my answer. Nice. I have my answer. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> now we know we did a good job. <laughs> so yeah, what a what a gorgeous new game, Gitmo Defense. I'm on board. Uh, I I think we could we could have some fun with that. And a funky song as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a nice try, you know, Aaron. Right. Trying to divert our attention from the matter at hand here. But you know where you gotta go. Look, I'm clever. I try to you know, I try to I try to, you know, weasel my way through. Yeah, but now it's time to uh walk down that lonely mile. Here we go. <laughs> Torture chain. Okay, I'm not gonna bullshit you, okay? I don't really give a good fuck what you know or don't know. But I'm going to torture you anyway. Suffering. Anger. Pain. Torture. All right. I did a little bit of math. And you guys tell me if these numbers work out. The last mm, torture chamber episode we did was the last Christmas episode where George was in the torture chamber. Right. And I mm-hmm. believe Aaron played Satan himself. That's right. John Fletch. <laughs> John Faust. Dick Spence. What was his name? Uh, Joe Spence. Joseph Joe Spence. Spence. Okay. That was the Grumble Home guy, right? Grumble right. Home guy. The same. The same. And I, I followed up with uh, Jesus in all his glory mm-hmm. and s- who saved Christmas. Fucking Billy Ball Caps. Billy Ball Cap. (laughs) So I went second last time, which means I go first this time. Does that sound, does that work out for you guys? 
Sounds okay to me. Makes sense. Do you have your answer? <laughs> I have my answer. <laughs> Sounds like the right answer. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll get started here with my torture song for A-Dog. Now, the three Gitmo bros were a beloved trio known the world over, wouldn't you say? <laughs> oh, yes. yeah. Oh, Without yeah. a doubt. Mirth and joy and the laughter of children follow us wherever we go. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> But what if the Gitmos were, in fact, a demonic trio? What mm. if we weren't a force for good in the world that we are today, but we're actually pure dark evil? What if our very essence made men shudder, women faint, and children cry out for their mothers when they saw this demonic trio? Well, <laughs> I've gazed into that world, and now so shall you. From the... Even Eric Clapton and Robbie Robertson find this troubling department. <laughs> Hard-hearted men. Hard-hearted men. <laughs> Please enjoy. When it's love you give, I'll be Poor Sting. Poor Sting. <laughs> oh, is this... Was that Brian Adams? It's Brian's one of the trio of terror here. All oh. for one from uh, Robin Hood? No. You're, oh, yeah, this is a three uh, musketeers? Yeah, yeah. like everyone oh. else on the planet is going, wait, what fucking this movie is this from? <laughs> With Brian Adams singing, they sound exactly the same. You're exactly right. <laughs> it's three smoky-voiced guys. <laughs> yeah, it's like a rasp-off. <laughs> <laughs> so, George, you, do you know who the third guy is, Aaron? Don't tell him. No, I don't. I, I, all I, I, I thought it was everything I do, I do it for you from Robin Hood. And then I heard another voice and I thought, oh, no, this isn't it. <laughs> do you know who the second voice is? It was Sting, wasn't it? Yeah, uh-huh. Okay. And yeah. then there is a so Let's get one. to him and see if George okay. gets him. Okay, go. Yeah. In love you live, I'll make a stand, I won't I'll be the rock you can There he is. It's Rod Stewart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> huh. I had no idea this even happened. What year was this? <laughs> this was on 1993. I was at a club. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't slow dancing to this? I, I wasn't at a club. I don't know why. You were at this. MCA thinking that the Breakfast Club wrote Drive My Car. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was about like, maybe five years earlier, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this, yeah, this is All for Love. By the trio of douchebags, Brian Adams, Sting, and Rod Stewart, (laughs) from the Three Musketeers soundtrack. Did you guys ever see that movie, Three Musketeers, with, you know... You know, what's his name? Athos Portos D'Artagnan. D'Artagnan. Athos. I kind of feel like, because I never saw that movie, don't really care that I missed it, but I kind of feel like this song made me not want to see it. And I'm not joking about that. Like, was Antonio Banderas so in it? <laughs> well, yeah, you didn't encourage anyone to see anything, I don't think. Yeah, I'm like, am I going to hear that song in the movie? <laughs> Hopefully it's just during the credits, not when yeah, right, the right, credits, a yeah, montage yeah. of them saving someone. <laughs> it's got that credit pace. Which is, it it's does. Got, it's got it to does. move yeah. not at all. You're right. Now, we're just sort of drifting over these... these The lyrics are fucking horrible. Um, yeah. and, and it's such a contrived corporate... The reason why I brought up Clapton and Robbie Robertson, because that song just feels like two dummies trying to, you know, contractually 
fulfill something. This is three dummies doing the same thing. And these guys didn't all write it. It's Brian Adams and, oh, you know, speaking of professional songwriters. Please say uh, coaches involved. His spirit was hovering over the proceedings, but um, it, it's, uh, it's Mutt Lang. Oh, oh that yeah. makes sense. Didn't even produce it. He's just there with his with his writing. fine songwriting skills. Got a and pen then, and, uh, and, a, and, a, and an open heart. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's all you need. <laughs> and the third the third dummy involved is uh, what's his name? Sorry, guys. It is Jim Steinman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, oh, here wow, we go. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Michael Kamen, who is actually a legitimate oh, yeah. uh, film composer. Yeah. Well, he probably did the the score. Yeah. For that, for he did do the score. Photos. Yes, he also is was a is a well known and you know quality arranger for uh, rock bands like for orchestral yeah. stuff. To the, I mean, this will authenticate his credentials right here. He did the orchestral arrangement for Queens. Who wants to live forever? Come on. <laughs> and I will say this: every one of those people that we've mentioned that you've mentioned, yeah, denigrating them. Each one of those people, I've loved something by all of them, and and legitimately like all of them. In, in one way or another at some point down the line. Now, the only thing I like about this song is the the harmony uh, that Sting is doing. The, I'll be the rock you can build mm-hmm. on. It's always been moving to me, that that moment. And him and Brian sound really nice together. Mm-hmm. I wish that the song wasn't a fucking limp noodle, though. Yeah, I'm not going to... No one's going to say that any of these three guys are like bad singers or whatever. Mm-hmm. In fact, you, would, you could even say like, I don't know, this is 93, so, you know... Five to eight years earlier, any one of these guys were, were perfectly likable. I probably like some of their songs from, you know, previously. Yeah. But by the time we get to this, like, not yeah. only have they have they crapped all over their careers up to this point. Now this is this kind of like seals the deal that these three guys are are just have just entered, you know, douchebagville. In fact, the the the, the, the term that I came up with to to describe them three solo artists walking into this song and then what they became after they walked out the term i came up with is like the crucible of mediocrity <laughs> sounds like a joke and there's a price there's a price there's a price for uh wide ranging success and and uh yeah this is a calf song it totally is a cat song. Just now, what's like, the name just, of it? What's the title? It's called All, all for, for One. The reason why it's called All for I'm sorry, All for Love is because of the three musketeers, you oh. know, one for all and all for one, you know, thing from their from the movie, from the book too, I guess. So it's called All for Love. Yeah, All for Love. Okay, well I'd rather hear uh, Color Me Bad's All for Love for then than this. <laughs> <laughs> that's just for for George, that's just full stop. I'd rather just, hear Color Me Bad. Just right there. That's it. That's <laughs> done. <laughs> um so I'm not gonna make you I'm not even gonna send you guys the lyrics. I'm gonna just sort of like point out a few of the crappy lyrics we've we've already gone past. Please do. <laughs> when it's love you give, I'll be a man of good faith. Then in love you'll live. <laughs> I love how they, they switch the order of a sentence just to kind of <laughs> <laughs> you know, crowbar in a, a love line. Mutt Lang was writing this, right? So Mutt Lang's writing down the lyrics, and he and 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 Brian's walking around behind him, walking in a circle, like you know, they're having a jam session, just thinking the lyrics, yeah. and they're trading lyrics back and forth. And Mutt gave that response. Brian did the first one, then Mutt did the response, and then without looking up, Mutt just raised his hand up, and Brian went slap and gave him five. <laughs> <laughs> right there, just didn't look up. Yeah. Right. Bam! <laughs> knew, knew they nailed it. <laughs> yeah so you're we're already off to a bad start so let's let's yeah. keep going here 
Yeah. This is like almost five minutes of, of, of torture. I don't know <laughs> if I can get through the whole thing, but there are a few... Five minutes? Really? It's like 4.45 or something. Well, yeah. look, there's a lot of people on this movie, Aaron. We have to get through that. It's okay. <laughs> I feel such... like songs were long. We are not shortchanging too. the gaffer. <laughs> I guess when you have three three icons, uh, and then you got Cayman, and then you got Mutt Lang, everyone needs to get their idea in. Yeah. <clears throat> and then I remember the bridge is fucking absurd. It's, yeah. And, uh, and so everybody's got to get their beat. There's no way to get it. They're lucky they got it in under fucking seven minutes. <laughs> and of course they they couldn't not have a giant guitar solo oh. <laughs> which is like why do you have a fucking guitar solo when you got three voicemen <laughs> yeah. who needs to hear the shredder not one of them is doing that fucking solo please it's probably say Cooch played the guitar please say Cooch played the guitar <laughs> <laughs> I have the guys in the band if you care I think that was Dominic Miller who's Sting's guy right, oh, All right okay. well, but like no one's no, who's gonna turn back their money if he says I can't do the show yeah, yeah right. exactly. Right. <laughs> Who needs a guitar solo in this? You're right. Yeah. No one's ever said it's Dominic Miller's table, man. <laughs> you know who said there need to be a guitar solo? A solo? Mutt. <laughs> Mutt. He did. Fuck. Yeah. All right. Let's keep yeah. going here. All right. This song makes me want to go out and get a, uh, a fucking mammoth fucking big gulp size cup full of lozenges. <laughs> I was just, I was just thinking that I can't. I, I pictured them all around, all around one mic, and everyone's just smoking. Everyone takes a big hit. Just the glass of razor blades in there for you, just everyone to use if they want. Yeah, Rod's actually wearing a coat made of lozenges. <laughs> all right. Um, when there's love inside, I swear I'll always be strong. Then there's a reason why. I'll prove to you we belong. <laughs> what the fuck? P.U. Yeah. Yeah. These these lyrics are, are pretty annoying, but we're getting into the uh, the chorus here. Here we go. Maybe, you know what this sounds like, Damon, is it sounds yeah. like this is Mutt Lang doing the lyrics because he's like South African. Like he doesn't, like he knows, he knows way better, but maybe he's just like yeah, really is, not caring about it. This is translated from Afrikaans. <laughs> yeah, it would sound much better in Afrikaans. <laughs> in Afrikaans. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Only Charlize Theron understands it. That's right. She's like, no, it's fucking poetry, dude. It's fucking Proust through that that lens. It's like it's like the story in uh, Goodfellas in Italian. It's better. It sounds better. Right, in right, Italian. right. <laughs> and it's always like a, a twelve minute joke. You right. know. <laughs> like, can I go? You don't get it at the end, right? It means the guy doesn't care. You know, he doesn't have any balls. He doesn't care. It's better in Italian. <laughs> I came up here for this. No, no. <laughs> All right, here we go. We belong. I'll be the world that protects you. From the wind and the rain. From the hurt and the pain. Yeah, hey. Let's make it awful. Awful That's stupid. I can't tell you, like, from, from the moment I heard this song to today, what is it, 30 years? I, I still yeah. don't, cannot fucking understand why Sting does that long note while the other guys keep singing the chorus. Yes, he can, I think. I mean, I don't, I, I agree with you that I don't know why. It doesn't make any fucking sense. It, it, it's yeah. totally distracting. He's louder than the other. You can't tell what the other guys are saying. No, I, that was weird. I felt like it was, a, something was wrong. You could see it, like, maybe on the last chorus, maybe, but, like. This is yeah. the first time around on the old guitar. 
Yeah, they're really they're really grandstanding for chorus one. This feels <laughs> yeah. like an outro. Like a, you should vamp out with that. Or, this yeah. is a musical corn dog. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so George, you've never heard this song. No, I haven't. No coincidence. Wow. I got to tell you, this was a gigantic hit. Was it? Yeah, it was, it was, it was oh. fucking redonkulous huge. huge. Yeah. I'll tell you the, huh. the, 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 the chart status in a minute. I don't but- remember the movie. So tell me, maybe I'll remember if. I didn't see the movie. Who's in the movie? It's, it's Charlie Sheen, Oliver Platt. Kiefer Sutherland. Jeremy Irons, I think. Uh, Chris O'Donnell. You yeah. had what else Charlie you Sheen. <laughs> oh, it was one of those movies with all the fucking assholes of that age. Fuck yeah, baby. Oh, okay. He was like young Whoever guy. was sexy in 93. Yeah. 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 No Christian Slater? <laughs> Fuck no. Sorry, he was Christian. always in those, right? You know? Yeah. Hanging out. More more little factoids about this. So, Brian, the, the reason why there's three guys is because th- singing the song is because... Because Brian thought he would do, sing it himself, and then I think Cayman suggested, well... It's this movie's called Three Musketeers. Why don't we have three guys singing it? And and Brian liked that idea. Sting signed on immediately. Why the fuck that guy just readily does these stupid fucking songs all the time? I don't get it. But he signed on, and they were, and then the first guy they considered for the third position in this in this Musketeer trio was oh no one Buns. I was gonna say that uh, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And and like it was very young guns for or blaze of oh, glory, you well, know. Yeah, but he, he probably had that extra to- cocktail napkin with his ideas on it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, see other side. See, I'll come after the set. We'll go to a diner. We'll figure this out, guys. Yeah. It's a big deal. <laughs> Let's get you a diner, guys. <laughs> and then uh, so they ended up uh, contacting Rod Stewart in L.A. Sting and and Brian recorded their parts in London, and then yeah. they brought the tapes to L.A. Got Rod on there. Um, so they were never all in the same room together at all. That, it, that's what I was going to say about that, about the Sting's note there that he was doing, was that I don't know if it was Cayman or Mutt Lang, but whoever recorded it came to the other guy with all these parts and went like, I fucking got this and I don't know what to do. Do something with it. Just do something with it. <laughs> they yeah. all three did the, hit a harmony note, I'm sure of it. And then somewhere in the mixing, they muted the other two streams. Yeah, <laughs> and we're left with Sting, and then they, for some reason, thought, "Oh, put it first. That's yes, dumb." Right, right. Yeah, that, that's what, you yes. know, that, someone had to make sense of this. And unnecessary time to do the egos too. Like, but Sting did everything. Sting did that fucking around that same time. He did the um that dopey song. I don't know it's kind of sexy, I guess, but it's ultimately dopey because there's a stupid sax solo in it for um the song he did for Lethal Weapon. I was gonna say uh. About being best friends or something. It's probably it's, uh, probably me. me. It's probably, probably me. me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then there's yeah. another one that during the same time that was from the professional. Yeah. He Makes deals sense. the cards as a meditation. Whatever. Oh right. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It's, there's something. It's, it's no, like the it's, clubs it, are weapons of war. It, yeah. Right. Yeah. It sounds like yeah. it sounds like the one from Lethal Weapon, but it's not. <laughs> and I also don't like a song Sting. I love you, but I don't like a song where where you say probable outcome. In it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say probable outcome, Sting. I have a probable outcome for you. I'm going to turn off the radio. <laughs> yeah! What's the probability? 97%. Uh, all right. So anyway, uh, but by the way, speaking of that long note that Sting sings now, there's a sort of well-known version of this song, and it's Brian Adams on stage with those opera dummies, <laughs> Pavarotti and, and the other one. I think that was the name of the record. Opera 
dummies. These guys are fantastic singers, and Damon calls them opera dummies. That's like how people act like they like opera. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a pop opera dummies. Yeah. Say it that way. <laughs> it's an opera. So, um, la bohème. So, um, anyway, so guess who takes the long sting note? Pavarotti. Pa- imagine Pavarotti yelling that note at you. That's that's what happens on that version. It's so stupid. Who the uh, other two dudes? It was uh, P- Puccini. I don't no, know. no, the uh, the blind guy. Oh no, I don't know. I'm not a fan and, of all the great. But, but they told him that the mic was on the other side, so he turned around and Pavarotti <laughs> just hit the big note. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it Bocelli? Is that his name? And Andrea? Oh, right, right, right. Andreas Bocelli. I, that's the name. It sounds Andreas. <laughs> yeah. Andreas. Okay. Yeah, I, I just looked at the stupid thing yesterday, and I don't even remember. You're talking about the three tenors. Well, it was it was two tenors and a, and a Canadian. <laughs> two tenors and a butthole. <laughs> two tenors and a hot dog and a corn dog. <laughs> 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 Two tenors and a fiver. I was short that week. Thank you. Thank Good you. night, everybody. Thank you. American money. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, let's carry on here. Sure. That this this piece right here is, is, is something that you know. Just let your feelings show. show. Yeah, those are the exact words. <laughs> oh God, that's bad. Suddenly it's Fuck. Barry Manilow. You're right. <laughs> Gee, I guess, but like Barry would probably he would Barry butches it up a lot more than these three guys <laughs> butching it up for all the gravel in their voice. You know, police fans will know this. You know, Sting had to be like coaxed and begged to sing songs like Omega Man. Right. And rehumanize yourself, which were Andy and Stuart songs. Oh, he didn't but like them. He just yeah. like fucking tra la la's into the studio to sing this piece of shit with with Brian Adams. Like, what's this guy's fucking problem? You know, I guess it's an ego massage, whereas the other one was an ego threaten. That the yeah, other guy had sure. songs. Good point. Right? And maybe yeah. it's five percent of the fucking gross or whatever. Movie massive, massive. Yeah, and uh, I do have a gag about that too. This is the only Stuart that Sting would work with at this point. <laughs> Thank <Nice>. you. <laughs> Thank you. I think that they, I think that they went like he was. Sting is bright as a f- fuck, and so he was already planning on that. That like the ding, he his catalog would take for a short while because of the loot record that was coming up. So he was just doing this, <laughs> make a little scratch, right? Give yeah. him a little leg room. Let's fortify the bank account. Got, got to play the, the barrister, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> the Gitmos and associates. <laughs> the rent in my castles do. <laughs> Should be a school teacher, didn't I? <laughs> I can always fall back on it. <laughs> um, speaking of, of Sting, uh, this is the only number one he's ever had in his entire solo career. The only number one song. shitting me. Really? No, I, yeah, I, I, every breath yeah. you take was kept from it. And so was was no, it? Every breath you take, no, it's a solo police, career. That's a police. No, and so I thought Desert Rose was a, got to number one. It sold shit. No, yeah, he, they just, he had one. a ton of of hits. Just none of yeah. them ever made it to number one. This is the only one. Right. <laughs> this piece of crap. Jesus Christ! Well, there you go. Why? Yeah. That's why. I guess it's just he oh, he gosh. just can get corralled into doing all this stupid shit. Like, it, remember when he 
you know, not only did did the Puffy use every breath you take, Puff but then Daddy, he went yeah. on stage and performed it with him. Oh yeah, I forgot that. <sighs> and then I think he also did this, the fucking Grammys the or some thing shit with uh, the like the, the Backstreet Boys or something. I, I remember. Like, I don't get. He's <laughs> he, he's so precious about about his his fucking music and everything, and and you know refuses to to do any you know police collabs or anything. But then he'll just kind of stroll on stage with the. You know, with with the Backstreet Boys or something. I mean, you're right about that. It's really painful for police fans because, like, we were just dying for them to just get over it, be the band. Yeah. <laughs> we need yeah. you to be the band. What's the fucking problem? And, but he's fucking running around giving everybody yeah. a fucking handy. And this is this is just to me like the pinnacle of Sting just just you know signing on to any crap that just gets dumped in his lap. Boy. I, I, I forgot about that. That 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 that, uh, that Puffy must have a magic wand in his pants. Because just think about it. Uh, he basically raped Sting and Jimmy Page. Just raped them. Just yeah, fucking yeah. raped them right yeah, there. Two of them just massive, right in public yeah. on stage. Just butt fucked them. I mean, just. <laughs> and by the way, uh, uh, Stuart pointed out to Sting and Andy while they're all sitting in the room together that. Andy, how'd it go with your royalties? Because they didn't use Sting's song; they used your guitar riff for the, for that song. <laughs> and St- and Sting got all the royalties for it. God, man! And did anyone point out to him for that and go like, "Hey, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but uh, he's singing a song about a guy that was killed in a gangland slaying." Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a tribute to that. So great. Talk about legal advice. We're not to, what not to do. He was wishing the bullets would be missing him. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. one in a series of thank yous it's just a sound effect i have now i don't even say it i think that there's probably like that our our listener in in belgium who fucking loves us is it just goes i think that he's going to do five thank yous (laughs) it's a a drinking game in belgium like every time i say thank you they do a shot I like that. I like that. Next next episode, you just you just have Sting saying your thank yous for you. He, he'll do them. He'll do them. He'll do it. He'll do it. He'll do it. Yeah. He will not do a he not do a union record with 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 the police, but he will do thank yous for the Getmo Bros. Damon's bit. Thank you, bit. As long as you can convince him that Stuart and Andy aren't in this room with you, that the was, other two Getmo Bros aren't them. Was that was that Sting? Yeah, he came by last week. Fuck if he didn't come by. He did. He did. He did fifteen takes of thank you. Fifteen takes. I tried to give him a five spot. He said, your money's no good here. He also agreed to detail my car afterward. <laughs> Which he did. <laughs> Gladly. Wonderful so, job. Wonderful job. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Let's at least try to get to the bridge. Because okay. that's super shitty. That's a really okay. bad. Yeah. Aren't you like t- t- totally done with the song already? Yeah. That's yeah. We're, 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 we're now. We haven't heard anything half. yet. <laughs> yeah. George doesn't even remember it. I don't. I don't. Not only from 1993, he doesn't remember it from like five minutes ago. I don't. <laughs> Couldn't sing one part of it. Today. <laughs> All right, here we go. I mean, can you get a more cliche fucking line than when it's love you make, then it's love you take? <laughs> well, that's the saying. When you leave, the love you make equals love you take, right? Yeah. The that whole was, fucking I'm, dumb line from. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Beatles kind of did that, but yeah, still, they, like, they own rhyme, that. And Sting already used that in every breath you take, those, that rhyme. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, right. The yeah. Dumbest fucking song. Oh, but, and I want to point this out because just very coincidentally, 
um, as I was considering using this song as a torture, I watched, I don't know if you guys saw, but Rick Beato did a video about AI, um, no. you know, AI, creating AI music and, and to the point where they now have AI writing lyrics. Right. And Sounds he, like that. And, and, and Rick and his crew kind of said, well, let's dump all the Ed Sheeran songs in here and have this AI write an Ed Sheeran song for us. And I just pulled some of the lyrics out of that, out of Rick Beato's video that, that, that AI did in, uh, in the style of Ed Sheeran. Okay, so right. these are lyrics written by a robot, by by a robot. I think he, the, he called in actually to to the show a few weeks ago. <laughs> he did. That's right. Knows <laughs> where to find us. Yep. So here the here are the lyrics. It's hard to say the words. I've been trying to find a way to let you know that I need some time to figure out my life and what I really want. I love you more than words, but I can't go on. Okay, are those lyrics? Those are better words? than these lyrics. Yeah, they're, they're better <laughs> no. than than the than the human written lyrics. By Mutt Lang and company. Yeah. Yes. You know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see robot versus monkey writing lyrics. I'd like to see that. <laughs> On typewriters? Yeah, robot, robot versus, you know, toddler who's at a house that has all the magnets on the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. the name with the, right, with the name with the words on it, right. <laughs> Some great lyrics here, but then it just says, fuck hole down here. <laughs> yeah, so... The, so Ro- robots literally write better lyrics than, than these guys. Here we go. <laughs> I will defend, I will fight. I'll be there when you need me. When honor's at stake, this vow I will make. When honor's at stake, this vow I will make. <laughs> I just said make like a few lines ago. This yeah. cake I will bake? <laughs> uh, it's wearing me out. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is, a, yeah, it is, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's sapping fucking, yeah. my, my it's, life. It's, it's trying really hard. Everything's this triumphant moment. Everything. There's no, you know, there's, there's no dynamics to this. It's all triumphant yeah. moments. <laughs> I'm living in fear of Sting's next big powerful note. Yeah, me too. I am. Yeah. Oh! You're, you're, <laughs> well. No, Sting! Gird those loins, because here it comes. That's just a weird choice. It's just a weird choice. That note with where Rod goes, ow! And then Sting shows up. It sounds like Sting came bursting into the studio and stepped on Rod's foot and pushed him away from the microphone so he could do that lone note. <laughs> Get out of my way! Get out, I gotta do my note. Get out of my way. Hey, Maggie, May, get the fuck out of here! <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're we're gonna get through this chorus, and then the bridge comes up, and you know, after that, it's solo and more chorus, and I can't take it after that. So, okay. here we go. <laughs> Oh, I have bad news for Aaron. Because Mutt Lang wasn't available to produce it, you know who did? Who? Your pal, Chris Thomas. Oh, is that right? A, a black mark on his record. Eh, he got paid, I guess. Yeah, even a stop clock is... Who wasn't on this? <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is like a We Are the World thing. Like, everybody's <laughs> Jesus. On this. Jesus. I think Michael Caine was in the studio. <laughs> you guys are singing too loud. <laughs> Wait, I can hear him in the background. I have my eyes. <laughs> The question was, do you know 
the location of three assholes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Oh, I think what? I just lo- I just lost this fucking song. Whoops! <laughs> oh no! Oh no! How we start from the beginning? <laughs> yeah. Wait, no, come back. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see where we are. Hold on. I think I actually skipped some, so you guys are. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Don't lay our love to rest because we can stand up to the test. What? I was going to say test your best. I, 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 you do this now. I keep thinking of what I would do. <laughs> um, this next line is completely befuddling. Damn it. We fled the rivers that run what? Listen to this fucking bridge. Okay, don't lay our love to rest because we stand up to the test. We got everything and more than we had planned. More than the rivers that run the land. Land, right. And then Sting kind of squawks. We got it all in our hands. (laughs) Got it in our hands. (laughs) God. dumb. Yeah, like... Here's the thing, when, when these same three guys wrote that song that George thought this was, the uh, Everything I Do, I Do For You. Mm-hmm. So they just said, you know, completely soullessly just went, well, let's just go write another one. And, you know, just thought, it, we got the formula, let's just go do it. And th- here you go, this is what you're left with. Should, three, should, three. <laughs> should we get David Voster? Nah, fuck him, we don't need him. <laughs> nah, fuck him. Foster's a showboat. Jobo, he's just gonna take, he's gonna take, he's gonna take more of our end. Wait, we want him in here. Foster <laughs> lacks the subtlety that we need for this trip. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Um, so the, a couple more little things. Like I said, this song was number one in thirteen countries for three weeks in, in the U.S. Mostly top five everywhere else, and then it was never any lower in any of the countries that they release it than twenty. So it made the top twenty at least. Five and a ton of places, and number one in thirteen countries. I don't get it. That's so many countries that that's the Axis and the Allies. <laughs> is, is one of those countries called Shitstonia? <laughs> <laughs> They're the only people who held out. Said, "Nah, it's dumb." They were like in the middle of, of fighting, like in trenches. I don't know why it's in World War One, but they were. And then suddenly the song starts playing, and they all just like kind of put their heads up and drop their guns and they all just kind of embrace on the We on are the near a river, they're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got it in our hands! And the last thing I'm going to leave you with is on, on the episode of Beavs and Butthead where they were watching this, <laughs> they, called, they called Brian Adams Sting and uh, Rod Stewart the traveling dingleberries. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dingleberry. Uh, <laughs> so there you go, boys. Good night, everybody. Was that the bridge? Was that the promised <laughs> shitty bridge? <laughs> the, the, yeah, the, like the river runs the land and all that shit. There you I go. I can't believe they do a guitar solo in this. It's just there is. I it, just it's, didn't it's play. Un, it. It's unneeded. It's just not. Needed. Yeah, I couldn't. I can't take it anymore. It's horrible. No, it's unnecessary. It was. Yeah, this is uh, this is bad, and it's and it's hard to imagine that there's anything out there that could be possibly worse. Well, you're, you may you, I, I may have may have a point with that. <laughs> that's the that's the point of the show, newcomers. Yeah. George is going to try to top me. Mm-hmm.
I will, uh, I will open by saying this is the first time the appearance of Motley Crue on oh, our show. What? Yeah. And this song, uh, it, it uniquely, I think, uh, managed Mary to go be... round and round. No worse. This is, it's... and this is one of those rare occasions, George, where a band that you like is, is in the torture chamber. Yes. But this, this song managed to be goofy and disturbing at the same time. So disturbing, the video was banned on MTV. <laughs> and not for why you think. <laughs> this is called You're All I Need, and it is from uh, the Girls, Girls, Girls album. And, I'm, and go ahead and let it go, pal. And I, I, the video, you can describe the video, too, if you'd like. While you're, okay. While is this going. yet another power ballad? It is their only, it's their second, second wow. power ballad, the follow-up to Home Sweet Home. <laughs> oh, yeah, Gitmo's on the, you know, back on the same wavelength. Yeah, you know? yeah, and I <laughs> love this it. This is from right. 1987, by the way. 1987, the Battle of the Power Ballads. Here yeah. we go. Yeah, the following video is based on a true story. It's too strong for certain TV networks. It was banned. Blah blah. blah. So, did uh, is this Molly Cruz saying it was banned, even though it really wasn't, or was is this because this is on their official channel? Yes. No. This is this is the video. This is the video. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the, the lyrical visual. In other words, like, whether are they trying to create controversy? Like, I, she loves my dick, my uh, cock. Per, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. You can't, like, put a video out before it's ever played anywhere and say it got banned. You know what I mean? They knew this it was is part of the to, original video. Okay. Wait right. till you hear the storyline of this. God damn. <laughs> Douchebags. Here we go. Oh, there's their, their little, their little punchline, Aaron. After they said it got banned everywhere, then they said, but then whoever said the six o'clock news was pretty. Yeah. I guarantee Tommy Lee wrote that. It's just, this is tied in with the video, guys. It's the very moron. important. It's tied in with the song's theme. So this, it's very important you said that. Thanks, Damon. <laughs> it's big dick moron. <laughs> In case you're curious, Aaron, do you know this video, Aaron? Uh, no. Okay. No. It's we just saw what appeared to be real footage of a guy being put into the back of a police car. Possibly Vince Neil. I couldn't see him too well. It was not. It was not Vince. They, they got actors like him, right? for the video. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it's shot like a video, like a real news video sh- shot. You know. So let's see where we go. song ever start jesus christ (laughs) such a great such a great piano part yeah that's right that's a that's a real piano isn't it yeah yeah tommy (laughs) on piano like home sweet home but i'm saying that's not what's the point of having a real piano if it could it's gonna sound like fucking me slapping my ass in the shower (laughs) (laughs) sounds like the piano with ferals (laughs) 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 it's my granny's upright (laughs) So I don't know who cares about this this video, but I'm, I'll I'll sort of check in with it once in a while. So we yeah. we're as that as that uh, authentic, you know, Farrell's piano is playing in the background. <laughs> we've got a shot of a of a of a girl who's dead in this apartment, and then they've got you know a Vince Neil looking guy, um, with in handcuffs, and then there's some other girl crying. Yeah. Uh, all right. So here we go. 
don't know what the hell he's saying. George, you want to fill us uh, in? The blade of my knife faced away from your heart. Those last few nights, it turned and sliced you apart. <laughs> so he, what, he, he killed her on two nights? No, just, just on the one. <laughs> if he said the last few... Whatever. Vince Neil wears me out. The, the, the video tells the story of an argument that, you know, an argument that went on and, and at the end she ends up dead. <laughs> uh, I was worried that Vince, Vince's lyrics wouldn't make sense. <laughs> Thank God. There's a note here on the, on the video. It says, lyrical consultant, Mutt Lang. <laughs> Singing African. <laughs> oh, fuck these guys. All right, here we go. This is another five minute song, by the way. Yeah, Jeez. no, we, we can take some of it out. The ending, it goes on and on. So we can just, <laughs> we need to get through the verses, though. All right, yeah. So this, these two these two Heshers, this guy, this blonde chick, the, every girlfriend of every, you know, metal band back then, they're, yeah. they're fighting in this apartment. All right. So, George, was it truly banned or was it banned because, like, it was just, <laughs> they, 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 it showed, like, domestic violence at the, and MTV was uncomfortable with it? Is that what Correct, happened? yeah. And the subject right. of the song is, is of, of, <laughs> murdering your girlfriend and the video shows that it it just follows that story over the course so, of two nights <laughs> according it was to a me. long fight it was a very long fight right. <laughs> yeah. it was like gandalf in the balrog <laughs> fuck it yeah it was <laughs> all right that was for the nerds here we go the balrog city rulers <laughs> all right George, are you embarrassed at all that you like this band? No, uh, I just don't like this song. <laughs> I like Miley Crew uh, a, a, a ton of songs, um, but this song. This have, have you heard this before, Aaron? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, this is a piece of garbage. <laughs> yeah, this is. Well, wait, wait, let's hear a little more, and I have the backstory for you, which is my favorite part. <laughs> Which of the geniuses in Motley Crue wrote this song? Well, of course, George. Nicky. He Nicky writes everything. Oh, he writes it's all his band. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's his. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm surprised they didn't get uh, uh, sued by uh, the two inch tape uh, makers. <laughs> <laughs> it just burned up, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, a little, little more, and I'll tell you the backstory to this, and, and you maybe won't feel as as bad about Nicky, but go ahead. Okay, I know that I will. <laughs> Nikki's a fucking yutz, dude. He's a I know, fucking yutz. All half. of these guys, it's a, it's a posse of dipshits in this band. They're all dumber than the last one. I will, I will say this about these guys, and I've always, uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna say, respected about them, even in this goofiness, is that they, they, they'd had some producers, of course, Bob Rock and all that kind of thing, but they never turned to any of the songwriters. They did the stupidity themselves. They never turned to any of the Holly Knights or the any of those songwriters. They did this themselves every time. That's not true. <laughs> they, they used songwriters, uh, those dudes from, on the last two records, they used other people, didn't they? I don't fucking I mean, know. I don't want to argue about fucking Molly. I mean, Fu. they brought in some other. They brought in <laughs> like John guys. Five or something. Yeah, and the other guy. And there's another guy they work with. Because, the dude from his fucking solo band. Yeah, which well, right, but that but James Nick, Michael. Butt right, fucker. that's because Mick can't really play anymore, so they brought them in. Yes, but I'm talking about in their heyday in the '80s when everybody was turning Aerosmith and Kiss, and everyone was turning to those guys, to the Mutt Langs, to right. the all those people for songs they never did. They did. They did their own shit. They did their own dirty work. Right. Is is there a chance, George, that they that Motley Crue reached out to those songwriters and, and they 
Just said, decided, no. yeah. said nah. I don't think I don't think so. Nikki Nikki's very prolific. You the guys who did You're All I Need, click. Click. <laughs> Nikki says, that's all right. I'm gonna call it the dudes from Jackal. <laughs> I got them, no problem. Don't need your asses. Right. I guess someone does money hot sauce royalties. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so you're gonna uh, we're gonna let it go for a little while. You're gonna explain something about Nikki Six. I am, yes. Is that is that okay? That's in our yes, future. Let's hear, let's hear a little more of these great lyrics. All right. Stop there for a minute. Okay. I don't know if you got that one. That That's one of the ones that really gets me. So many times I said you'd only be mine. I gave you blood and my tears and loved you cyanide. <laughs> what? Cy- yeah. Loved you cyanide? Cyan- and loved you cyanide. These are all ways to kill people. This is all the way, all different ways to murder somebody. <laughs> I can think love. of another way. Yeah. This song, just this song. <laughs> just make the recite this song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you took my lips, I took your breath. It's all, these are all just different ways. Or knife, cyanide, take your, choke somebody. It's all just ways of killing someone. Wow. All right, well. Mm-hmm. Which is what makes it so death. disturbing and goofy, which you think would might be a powerful combination in this genre, but it was not. <laughs> Jesus. And Vince Neil is like got to be the most annoying singer. I, I thought I thought Axl Rose was my arch enemy, but it, I'm pretty sure it's Vince <laughs> Neil now. Here we go. It's tough. It's tough when he does these things. There's ways that he can sound cool uh, when it's the right amount of ratty. But like this, this is just this sounds. Or this record sounds bad too. Like as a whole, this but like I, 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 particularly bad sounding song. I suppose in their defense, I will say this is the height of of Nikki's heroin addiction. Probably the height of their. <laughs> troubles should have done some more either he didn't have enough or didn't you know (laughs) had too much yeah yeah (laughs) what's the opposite of sweet spot (laughs) (laughs) this was a tough one yeah jesus but you're all i need what Make you only mine. Listen to this with the you know the core the the uh, you know the choral background and the, the whole thing they're putting on this. Oh, there's vo- there's vocal. Yeah. Right, oh yeah. yeah. Sounds like it. Did you hear that? But I loved you so. And then Vince goes, but you didn't love me. <laughs> this sounds like they're, they're not done with it yet. You know, let's yeah, just no. use a fake piano sound until we get to a real piano. And, and like, right. I don't really have a, a perfect melody for the chorus yet, but this will get us through till we get in the okay, studio. So I'll tell you the story now, because I think it's very funny. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so in, in 19 and, and, and Nikki didn't, didn't, uh, say any of this until he wrote his book called The Heroin Diaries, like maybe five years ago, maybe ten. I don't know. But as an adult, he he, he let everyone know this. So, um, he um, he he's living with a girl named Nicole, 
who's he's in love with, I guess, and this is the heights of his heroin addiction. And while he's on, while they're out on tour in the theater of pain tour, he um he becomes convinced that she's cheating on him with um Jack Wagner. <laughs> I don't the soap opera guy. He's a soap opera guy, and I don't. <laughs> he did not really explain why he thinks it's Jack Wagner. I think because of heroin. Yeah. And if you might recall, in 1984, um, Jack uh, Jack Wagner had a hit song called "All I Need." Yeah. Remember, all I need is just a little more time. Yeah, remember yeah. that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay, I so remember we, that. That's a song right there. <laughs> oh, that's a song. It's craftsmanship. Mm-hmm. I looked that song up actually. One of the guys from Ambrosia wrote it, and I'm like, this "It's just a like little time." This, this to sounds be like sure an Ambrosia. What I need. <laughs> so, so, to, so when Nikki comes back off tour, um, he's he's mad at her and thinks she's cheating with with Jack Wagner. So, sort of as a joke, he writes this song, and it's called "You're All I Need," and he's making fun of Jack Wagner's "All I Need." And he goes over to her house, and it's this it's this terribly frightening song you're hearing now about killing someone that you're in love with. And he plays it for her, and then she just starts crying, and he leaves. <laughs> it's not creepy, though. It's not. It's not. It's dumb. It's, it's yeah. fucking... It's, it's, it's sound like, disturbing. That's what yeah, I'm so, saying. It's, 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 it's not disturbing, though. He wishes it was. He wants it to be desperately. That's the thing that... Okay, he, so he's trying to... fucking yuts. He's trying to, he's trying to make he, he's trying to make her disturbed by this, okay? Anyway, I, he, I guess that works. Probably started crying just to get the fuck out so she could call Jack fucking Wagner. Well, what? <laughs> Then, In his defense, so, I'm about to cry and leave. And so I'm going to call Jack Wagner. So then, <laughs> so then even even better, the story goes on where um, he – so then Nikki's more upset and he uh, he calls some biker pals to go beat up Jack Wagner. <laughs> he can't even fight his own fucking battles. He's got to oh, well. go. <clears throat> I think asshole. he was on too much smack. I'm not sure he knew where he was. Anyway, <laughs> so he goes, well, they're going to go break Jack, Jack Wagner's kneecaps. Um and then, and then later on, the girlfriend sees Jack Wagner, and his and his knees are hurt, and and and, and it turns out that Nikki's guys fucked it up and never never broke his knees. He just fell off of a, a soundstage and hurt his knees. And the girl starts crying again, yelling at Nikki, "You hurt Jack's knees! You broke his legs! What's wrong with you? You're a psychopath!" And so after all that, Nikki thinks it's over. Like this song was sort of a lark or a joke for him. He goes to rehearsal and tells the guys about it. And then Tommy goes, you know what? I could play the piano to it. This should be a follow-up to Home Sweet Home, which the year before had been their biggest hit and probably still is their biggest hit. And so he goes, well, all right, I guess. And so they play this piano part, and it turns into this, which, as you noted, uh, Damon, sounds like it's just not quite finished, which it isn't really. Like, they sort of threw the piano on it because they – the band took a hold of it and thought, oh, this will be great. And it was right. all because of Jack Wagner's All I Need. And Nikki kind of meant it to be, <laughs> and Nikki kind of meant it to be I don't know, funny or, you know, yeah. to get back at this girl. So the worst that, thing that you could say about Jack Wagner's All I Need is that because of that, we had to deal with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> so play a little more. There's some, uh, I just, I love that story that Jack Wagner's in it. And it's just so right. weird that, yeah. he, that, that such 80s just cocaine heroin fueled paranoia just <laughs> this whole motley crew like it them and their girlfriends and their bikers it's, like, it's a real think tank over there yeah I, you know what I, I believe what's weird about it too i just this occurred to me that um that i believe because tommy and heather i'm trying to think when yeah they were married to the early 90s i think and i think heather locklear ended up with jack wagner for a while in between 
Tommy and Richie Sambora. <laughs> Jack's the only winner in the entire thing. This God bless Jack Wagner. This guy gets around, I'll tell you. I yeah. <laughs> Jesus. All right, let's hear a little more of your all in garbage. Jeez. in their you know in their hessian pad you know <laughs> yeah right uh, i cannot take this music yeah. <laughs> i'm surprised you're not torturing me with you are technically but uh this should have been for my torture session but here i, I thought i thought about it but it's, it's always torturing you with heavy metal sites so i turn on aaron <laughs> <laughs> the good news is like this is like a, a, a bountiful supply like this is never we're never gonna run out of bad hair metal songs no, I got to be judicious with him. He's, he's <laughs> queuing up some faster pussycat for you next week. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy, you know. <laughs> but this especially got me, so you know, I just love the Jack Wagner part. Play a little more of the the third verses, or I can just read the uh, the third verse to you if you'd like to hear that instead, instead of from Motley, from me. Because mm, yes. I can't tell a goddamn thing that that, these, that he's saying. Okay, this is this is my favorite verse of the song. Okay, uh, tied up, smiling. I thought you were happy. Never opened your eyes. I thought you were napping. <laughs> you just, so he's just an idiot. Yeah. Aaron's just, right. Like, he's trying to be menacing. and It's the complete opposite. It's just like a, 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 a you know, an eighth grader writing, writing lyrics, yeah, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I got so absolutely. much to learn about love in this world, but we finally made the news. <laughs> Oh, so right. right there, that lets you know that he was trying to be controversial with this news idea, you know, of, right. oh, we got banned and we'll make this gritty video, which they didn't have to do, but they did. And the video, there's nothing sort of graphic about it or anything. It's completely contrived that they that it was banned. Because I don't know why you would say in the front of a video that it was banned if you, you know, you that's not how editing videos works. You know what I mean? They They... <laughs> This isn't like the second version of it. Well, we better have to let you know about this news event that happened. So we're going to stick it at the. This is all contrived. Yeah, these guys are, Damon, these guys life's are liars. Not six, life's not to six o'clock news, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and by the way, I'm sorry, I, I, I went off topic, but there's nothing controversial in this video. You well, know? there was back then. It was conti- the, the, the subject matter and the violence in it, and he's wrecking the house. All that was considered back then to be, you know controversial for MTV. I guess. This is okay. 1987. Yeah. Because he tore up some fucking throw pillows. Well, he, 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 <laughs> what he, a beast. He, it's domestic violence. It's domestic violence, you know? So that's, that was a, a thing then. It's 1987. Prince pulling sheet music out of a, out of a trunk. Was oh, more violent well, that's a movie. Video. That's a movie though. That's <laughs> 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 well, George, should we play any more? Or? 
Uh, you don't you don't have to if you don't want to. There's really it's it's kind of over with the dopey lyrics and you get the idea of what a dopey song yeah, this is. This they is, this they just kind of go on and they kind of just go on and on with "You're All I Need." So and I like this one. Just great things like this. "You're All I Need." So I put you to sleep. <laughs> it's just wow. different, different ways to kill your girlfriend. You know, because Nikki was mad at Jack Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> well, as a Jack Wagner fan, uh, <laughs> as a waghead, let me tell you something, head. sir. Jesus. So yeah, all right, there you go, Aaron. You have the uh, the the trio of douchebags, Brian Adams, Sting, and Rod Stewart, doing "All for Love" versus Motley Crue. City and dipshits. You're all, I, <laughs> you're all I need from Motley Crue. Yeah. Featuring Jack Wagner. <laughs> yeah, well, you look, there's that part in uh, the the Sting, Brian Adams, uh, uh, everybody else in the goddamn world song that I actually like. There's that one line. Yeah. Uh, the harmonizing. Yeah, yeah. And then Sting got to pay for his loot record uh, out of that. <laughs> but there's, there's, not a, there's not one moment of music or delivery or concept of this other, this, of George's offering that's worthwhile <laughs> nothing about it is worthwhile the world would be better if it wasn't around uh and i and i like molly crew uh, <laughs> yeah me too. <laughs> it's, it's garbage it's fucking stupid it really and jack is. wagner was was put in 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 junky danger he was in harm's way by maybe bikers if, if Nikki hadn't nodded off from you know his second ring full of, of black yeah the tar. bikers are like the, the bikers are like look we could do there's nothing wrong with us taking money from this fucking junkie and saying we're gonna we're just robbing Nikki Six because we're saying we're gonna do it I'm not gonna fucking touch Jack 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 General Hospital Wagner one beautiful hair in his head goddamn you <laughs> oh by the way let me tell you this though there the America was smart and this song was a flop like I think the highest it made it. Was like eighty three on the Hot yeah. One Hundred. It didn't. It, it didn't work out. I mean, the album sold huge, and the tour was great, and girls, 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 and strippers, and blah. But a odd place for. Oh, I a thought song. you said it was on. Uh, uh, this sounds bad. The way Theater of Pain sounds bad. It doesn't sound same. Same same era. Theater of Pain's the record before this. Same producer. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but exactly. it, but that yeah. one sounds like that album sounds like shit. Whereas Girls, Girls, Girls doesn't nearly sound like that kind of shit. It doesn't sound as tinny. But this song does. Weird. Oh yeah. Well. Yeah. Same. Tom um, Wehrman. Same. He he did Shout at the Devil, uh, Theater of Pain, and Girls, Girls, Girls. And then they all got sober and, and made a good record with Doctor Feelgood. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah. It so it, the only maybe redeeming thing is is that the is that this wasn't a hit. It flopped. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well. Yeah. Well. Well, what are you going to do? Yeah, so like George wins. George yeah, wins. for sure. Now, I, I'd i like to uh, register a, a complaint here. I'm, I'm going to play this this clip now under protest because I didn't know we could win with a demo. <laughs> <laughs> Moving forward, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll keep that in mind. But here you go, George. The winner takes it all. Those are some shitty fucking songs. I hear what you're saying. I hear you saying, Damon, but this was on a released album from, you know, Electra Records. <laughs> Someone decided <laughs> to release this album to the public. <laughs> so they decided to. So, <laughs> Aaron, please tell me you have a power ballad to play for us. <laughs> I have the best song to play for us. 
So like, let me know when you're ready. Like, let's, let's hear something. Let's, let's have some, let's have a sorbet sound to take us away yeah. from all that mess so that I can then talk to you about other please things. Please do. Clear us of the shit. Yeah. <laughs> Majel, help us out here, please. We really need it. Oh, fuck. Look at me doing that again. I'm so bad at this job. <laughs> so out of practice. You're just rusty. It's okay. Knock the rust off, buddy. Yeah. You'll be all right. <laughs> still got the playoffs. I'm still reeling from Motley Crue and all for love. All right, How close Jack Wagner came to real danger. <laughs> I know. <laughs> A nation mourned. Sorbet. Wella Balsam. <laughs> Vince Neil could have used some conditioner for sure. Yeah. That was a look back then, though. Split ends. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, do you, you want to talk us up here, or what do you think? I do. I do. I do. This comes. This song. Uh, uh, I I I waited till uh, till uh, the premiere episode of season two. <laughs> I've been sitting <laughs> on this song for a long time. Um, this comes from the beautiful genius and the deafening silence of mass ambivalence department. okay um this also takes place uh it was released in 93 just like your song damon um Mm -hmm. so that's 30 years ago this year or uh, or next year so like very fucking recent 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 i was 22 years old at the time and uh i was driving home from work in july of 1993 uh in the valley and Mm -hmm. i was on fulton uh avenue headed away from my job which was on moore park uh, in the San Fernando Valley for those Towards the water park? What was your job? <laughs> I worked at Franco's Delicatessen. Um, okay. And uh, it was a fucking great job. Great people there. Uh, Is that so, where you saw Andy Garcia? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, remember that. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I'm coming out of Sherman Oaks into my place in the in the deeper part of the valley. And I was listening to K-Rock. And I heard this song for the first time. And the only time it's ever happened in my life where I heard the song. And before, after the first chorus ended... I pulled over to the side of the road, and I think it was on maybe Chandler, maybe. It was right near that Ivy Wall where Leonard Nimoy used to live, I think. And uh, I pulled over so that I could listen to the rest of the song because I fucking couldn't comprehend how what I was hearing. I didn't know the band. This is their second record, but I didn't know the band, so I didn't nothing. I didn't feel like, oh, this is the new track by Da Da Da. Right. I was just fucking flabbergasted at what I was hearing, and it fucking wasn't safe for me to be driving. <laughs> with this song like and it's not a fucking hyperbole i fucking couldn't believe how perfect it was and i sat there like a fucking idiot and then from there the dj came on and thankfully it was they could have gone to another song and then i would have had to wait to figure out what it was but yeah. right away dj told me who it was and i fucking drove to music fucking plus which was used to be over there next to that sixplex we talked about a few episodes ago. Right. Yeah. I don't know if it's still there. And I bought the fucking record and I listened to it for the rest of that weekend. It was just fucking obsessed and then became like a lunatic running around and telling it, uh, telling everybody I knew about this song. And so, uh, I want to say one other thing before we started and, and it is a product of its influences to be sure. But I will say to you and everyone else who's listening that I, believe this song is just as good as anything the giants who influenced ever wrote or ever produced. That's execution, that's sentiment, the poetry of lyrics, the beautiful musicianship, uh, the production as a whole. Uh, and it fell on 
almost completely deaf ears. <laughs> it was 93, rough time to be doing this music, this music, but it's a fucking long walk up, but I, it, it means so much to me, this fucking song. <laughs> Did you so, say, uh, um, 93? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, was it on K-Rock? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So like it had, it got onto the radio and, and you know, the, the label spent an ass ton of money on it, but it just was not received. So, I want to say this one last thing and then we can hit play on it. And uh, I believe that, you know, this, there should be a new mountain should be created. And on top of that mountain should be a neon sign. And that neon sign should say, go listen to jellyfish, you fuck holes. Oh, jellyfish. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is, this is a new mistake by jellyfish that I am right. sending out to the world. Okay. Again. Here we go. Yeah, this is so this is so like late seventies yeah. um ambrosia kind of stuff, right? Yeah, it's like ambrosia, like the the big vibes that are attached to it that people would often put against it or 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 compare this to put it up against its influences would be Queen and ELO, a lot of super tramp in there. Um there is uh raspberries, like all the like the because they would be power pop this band and and but there was an elegance to them that was, you know more like queen i suppose but like right up against all that like just this hyper beautiful melody but where they sort of part ways with all those guys and maybe a little less so with supertramp because they would have sort of similar lyrics but like the lyrics in this song are are terrific um i'll send them to you so that you can see them um but really just like feel the vibe and try to imagine yourself as dopey kid in in his car. <laughs> so right around this point in the middle of this course, I was like, you've got to be shitting me. Because <laughs> uh, I probably made it through the verse going, this is cool. But like I was smoking, looking around, having a good time off of work. But then when that chorus, when that when that moment, it's, it's just so brutal to me yeah. that uh, I just couldn't fucking handle it. So well, like, his, voice, his voice sticks out too. Yeah. It's almost yeah, I, like Perry Farrell level of, of cutting mean, through, yeah. right? Yeah. I agree. I agree. It's got a very specific quality to it. And, and like the, the way that the, uh, all the harmonies work and, and just the arrangement uh, as a whole was just, it blew my mind. I can't tell you like how I couldn't handle it. Like, I think I, I got home and I probably called Damon and I called, I called Dalton, I called Brendan and, anybody who I thought would give a fucking shit the way I give a shit. And like, because you know how it is when you're all jazzed about music or a movie or whatever. And like people go, all right, far out. Like I get excited. And so I was probably greeted with, that sounds good, Aaron. I'll check it out. <laughs> calm, calm down. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, and I was probably annoying about it, but like this lasted for the next like decade, because there's a lot of people out there who've been, 
<laughs> forced to deal with jellyfish at, at my hand. And uh, <laughs> Dalton and I would just like make people sit down. It was one of those deals. Like, you got to fucking pay attention. So <laughs> let's listen to some more of this and maybe take a look at the lyrics if you like. It's it's They're great. Listen, read those at another time. I just wanted you to have them. Yeah. I've opened them up here so I can do both. The bottom line is the song, the song is uh, the nearest I could figure is that the song is about this sort of uh, ladies man um, who ends up falling sort of ass backwards into having a baby with a woman. And he's sort of reflecting on being okay with being not ready for it. And then what happens for the rest of uh, his relationship with a woman and what ends up happening to uh uh, his baby as she grows up. So new mistake, meaning it was a, a whoopsie daisy pregnancy um, mm. uh, is the way I hear it anyways. And um, it's a beautiful poetry. The lyrics are, are so good and there's so many of them. Like he fits a lot into it, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. So maybe that turned people off perhaps, but like it's so elegant that I can't imagine why it would be upsetting to anyone. But I, I you know, I'm, I'm mystified to this day. This is a long fucking time ago. <laughs> it still makes me angry. You know what is missing, Aaron, is a any reference to a musketeer. If that was, <laughs> it would have been a huge hit. If it's only the. But like it, it made me so like one of those things. Like I, it was it like I got way emotional about it, and then like so much joy for the next like 20 years of running around and forcing it into people's heads, like the annoying guy. You gotta listen to this. All right, all right, Keegan. God damn it. <laughs> Can I do it later? Any uh. Jack Wagner references here? <laughs> Anything with Jack Wagner? Let's hear some more. All right. You know what else it's kind of reminding me of, and I, I would almost bet that they've listened to it. We've talked about it earlier on mm. on the show. Uh, the Odyssey and Oracle oh, album. Yeah. By, oh yeah, by it was, the it was a very important record. Very important record to uh, Andy Sturmer, who's the sort of one of the two main dudes. Uh, oh okay. Love them, love them to death. So like big deal. Yeah, I I should have written that down and and to remind myself that that was one of them. I'm call. hearing it though. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, and no, I'm not surprised that you, you you would pick up on that. That's excellent. That's a that's a good good point. Cool. Yeah. So now the influencers are spanning like decades at this point, which is all cool. over the place. Yeah, yeah, and like, and I don't know. Like, it that still also has managed. I don't know about grit, but like, there's something that makes it of the time that it came out as well. You know, sure. I, yeah, the, the me, heavy drums and everything. Yeah, it, it is. It reminds me. I I'm pretty sure I I know I saw these guys at the Coconut Teaser. Yeah, like yeah, in the yeah, late yeah. '80s, early '90s, that's when I started my magazine and all that, and was doing A and R, and and there's a whole bunch of bands that came out of the Coconut Teaser and the Screaming Trees and Inger. It was and that all sort of that. Paisley Paisley yeah. Underground thing? Yeah, and it was I the, know I saw these guys at yeah, the first record yeah. came out in '91, Georgie. So yeah. you probably saw them when they were supporting Belly Button, yeah, uh, which was the first record, and Definitely. they only made two. Yeah. They, yeah. you know, this was such a soul crushing defeat for them. Yeah. That because they've believed this and rightly so that this record is a fucking masterpiece. What record I, label are they on? Uh, ooh, Chrysalis. Yeah, it feels like that. Or I was going to say Geffen or Atlantic or those kind of guys that are around. Then were always yeah. I think it's yeah. Chrysalis. 
Yeah. And, yeah. but like just a monster budget on this, like half a million dollars. And, you know, <laughs> for a band that didn't have a big, uh, single on the first record, it's sort of surprising that the budget was so massive, but they believed in it. Uh, and, you know, and then weren't rewarded with, with a hit. There, you know, let's listen to some more and then we can kind of debrief like how yeah. it's be like the way it's perceived later and now. But, and I have my own little personal, uh, connection to the producer in a way uh but that's a story for later let's mm. listen to this mutt lang <laughs> <laughs> all producers yes <laughs> all producers <laughs> here we go the mother was three weeks late The only thing that would make me think this is from the '90s is, the, is the, how heavy the drums are, like in the mix, and, yeah. and but other, the keyboard sounds are all like vintage. It sounds like the whole thing is like a, a total throwback to like the '60s or '70s, which is yeah. Awesome. Their bag is all very, very vintage. They're all about vintage shit. Like it's and and that's what you're hearing, and it sounds like that. But like they try, they tarred it up so that it sounded. You know, I think that maybe that's a dichotomy that was upsetting to people or like they, they weren't interested. Like in utero was coming out this year, which is so it's like raw as fuck. You know, there was other things going on at this time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And they just weren't open. To but like, I don't know. I have another attitude about that because like who was ever ready for fucking system of a down? Like who could have said, yep, now's the time for a bunch of crazy Armenian music. Yeah, right. Ar- yeah. I mean, Armenian rock band. Yeah. Like, you can't fucking say that. So, like, I, I reject the notion that, oh, grunge, so there you go. I don't. No one knew that. Then. Something else is happening. No, no Something's happening. In the late. No, no one. I was there. No, no one knew that then. But, like, it was just. But yeah. it's, so, like, it's not that. It's, you know, whatever. And I guess it's immaterial, uh, not to them because it broke their hearts, I think. But, like, you know, it, thankfully, there's this still. Um, you know, but I fucking get emotional about it fucking today, 2023. What's missing? Know? What's missing from this though is, is the angst. I guess, I guess, but there's a ton of there's 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 I'm not prepared for this life. I don't really know where I stand. I think maybe it's too pretty. I don't fucking well, the know. The melody, yeah, the lyrics could be dark and tragic yeah. as hell, but the but the melodies are just too, you know, psych psych pop or whatever you call right. it, right? You know, right. And not that I'm not saying it's a fault. I'm saying that's could be an explanation for why guys who were pumping their fists to Pearl Jam would sort of this would turn them off a little bit because it's just was maybe too poppy. Yeah. I mean, and this was that that's, I mean, it's a good point. Like, and then the, the second Pearl Jam record came out this year too, which was gritty compared to the first produced one. So like there was a grit thing that was the thing. There was pop music that was being made that was that was pleasant and shiny, but this is different. You know, it's very, it's very sophisticated. So I think, I think there's sometimes like a lowest common denominator thing that happens with American music. Sometimes I, I'm sad to say, I hate to say it, but it's, it's true. I think often where like people feel a little sort of put off, like, why do you think you're so good? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, it bums me out to even say it. Cause I don't like to 
pollute anything with with that sort of negativity but like I don't know. Maybe that's part of it too. There are a lot of bands here. I'm thinking about these, all these bands now that came out in this same breath and seeing them all at Coconut Teaser and putting an ad in my magazine with all the names of it. And who, who are the guys that sang Three Strange Days? Is that Gin Blossoms? Uh, three Strange Days. Uh, three Strange Days. Uh, no, that's uh, not the Gin Blossoms. It's Gin Blossoms, no. and there's another band called School of Fish. That saying three strange days. Yeah, that, no, that's, that's yeah, they were all yeah, the yeah. same kind of yeah. breath with these guys, and then then that that girl Inger what was in the Nymphs. She was going to mm-hmm. be the. They were going to biggest thing in the world. They were the biggest thing on of that scene, and she was just crazy. Remember, she pissed all over David Geffen's desk and all that. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a fucking mystery. But, but to there was me. a lot of things here that that were things like this that didn't that didn't go anywhere from that scene because I remember seeing all these people in it seeming great and then a lot of it then you're like huh lions and ghosts remember that band well this is like what yeah, happened it, too is that there was that the paisley underground thing where like and there was uh jason from uh the three o'clock ended up in this band mm-hmm. in jellyfish and so it was like what three o'clock was up to jet fighter man and all that like that became the macho version this became like the necessary direction of that, like what mm. the consequence of that became this. And then it just all sort of died and, and sort of in, but like, it's such a, it's such a drag. And, <laughs> and it sounds like they had like, a, it was a real bear to make this record. And it sounds like that, but like they all knew when they finished that this is a fucking masterpiece from start to finish. And it, it is, it, it goes through so many, th- these lyrics are great. It goes through so many different things. Like at times I feel like you said, like it's ELO and it's the mid seventies. And then what you said about the drums, uh, Damon, like I kind of felt that like I'd like to hear the Beatles do this. Like these drums sound Ringo-ish to me. Like this sounds like this could be on Sgt. Pepper or something. Even the lyrics have some of that kind of sugar trampoline and Father Mason. It makes me feel like the Beatles. Right. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Whiskey and licorice. And it feels like the kind of things from that period. But then suddenly in the next line or the next breath, suddenly you're in like you're in K-Rock and it's like... um, Who's the band that sings Jen and rolls in major? Is it like XTC? XTC. Like yeah. suddenly you're in that, and it's that. Mm-hmm. It sounds like that, and then it's it's all these different things in one thing, and the way it mixes together is is you're right, it's tremendous. Yeah, it's just it's so it's so it's so huge and 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 it's so joyous, and 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 I think that that's where it like it keeps me from being too sad about it because like it brought so much fucking joy to the people that. I listened to this a lot with over the course of the nineties and into the fucking two thousands where like, you know, it got spun. And then, and all, and a lot of people that I really, really loved and respected, like the, like we came up uh, with the Dalton Grant experience. We came up uh, with the band tonic and tonic was getting signed uh, or like 95, 96. And they did their first record, their big record with Jack Joseph Puig who produced this. And, um, and I'll never forget. We, so we went down to see them doing, they were doing, um, I think they did a single for uh, the movie Clay Pigeons. And so the tonic did a version of uh, everybody's talking the Harry Nielsen song and, and Jack produced it. And we went down to see them. I think they were doing guitar overdubs. We went down to see them and um, Dalton and I were just up in Jack, Jack's grill saying like, Oh God, so happy. Uh, so happy to meet you. I can't believe you. The jellyfish record is so incredible. I can't imagine. And then Jack to his credit was going, yeah, yeah. 
And Tonic's great too. <laughs> Aren't you guys friends like, with these guys? No, no, but the jellyfish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so it, it was a funny little moment. What's, but your, like, what's your buddy's name in that band? Uh, well, we knew all of them. Uh, is uh, Emerson and and Dan Dan Lavery's in Dan Lavery, the bass player, right? He's he's your yeah. friend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, Jeff Russo sat in with uh, with sixty nine a few times. Uh, we knew all them boys. Um, but it was so it was, a, it was a it was a heady time to be around and like everyone knew i think all of us tonic included all knew that like the jellyfish records were like untouchable and tonic was way more sophisticated than we were mm. uh as far as what they were capable of and even they would be like oh shit <laughs> these yeah. guys are motherfuckers so wow. i don't know let's hear a little more yep So Freddie Mercury right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Very much. Yeah, you can almost hear what's the, that song. It's the same chord. The way the chords drop, it's the same. Yeah. Fucking yeah. just breaks my heart in half. It's so pretty, you know, <laughs> yeah. and so and so mighty. Like it would have been so incredible to be to hear to be in in like Oceanway or wherever I fucking did. I think they did it in Oceanway, and to be in the main yeah. room and hear the fucking hear it through the big speakers for the first time. You know, would have yeah. been amazing. Like hearing it on the radio is priceless. But that's for me. Like I would have loved the experience to hear it. In the big speakers. Though. You know, I think this is just too late, Aaron, is all it is. I think if this came Maybe. out in 1974 yeah. or 1984, I think this would have been a huge record. Right. I, I think it's just by 93, like you said, the, the, that part of K-Rock was over already. And it that's what I think this is. Because this mm. is there's no reason this wouldn't. Because this is one of the, the reaction I'm having this. I haven't had many other songs we've listened to. Is that I already think that I want to hear this again because I missed something. Right, and there, and it's a good shot of that because it's so rich. It's full. Yeah, I got to listen so to this layered. again. You know, like already, I'm yeah. like, oh, I need to go back and listen to this again. It's like yeah. ear loathing listeners who have to immediately rewind and listen again because <laughs> they missed all the gags because they were laughing so much at George. They might have missed some sweet Damon bits. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah. No, it makes me so happy that it exists on this planet. And uh, I would say to everyone, fucking buy. There's only two records you got to buy, man. It's uh, this is spilt milk. Uh, and uh, then the first record was Belly Button. Belly Button, so. right. Yep, I remember this now. Do these guys, I mean, you know, there's some bands that kind of, you know, came and went, and then like, you know, 20 years later, they, they, they've they influenced a whole generation of new bands. Is, is, has anyone caught up with these guys? I think that that's happened to a lot of people. Like, so like all the dudes, these guys are the kind, They it was the whole crew is like all the dudes who were in Beck's band. It's Eric Dover, Jason Faulkner, and then and then uh, and Andy Sturmer. Andy Sturmer is sort of the genius who sort of quote unquote disappeared. Like he had no interest in. He was so I think conjecture is that he was very brokenhearted about this and resisted. Like is fine with the other guys, but is resisted 
any of their interest in like getting back together to do something. And he, I, from what I gathered, makes a beautiful dollar doing uh, soundtrack work and working with like up and coming bands. And, and it's just this motherfucker talent. And the other guys did a, did a little bit more straightforward band called Imperial Drag, uh, which was a more macho version of this, a little more like uh, cock rock kind of stuff but still very sophisticated and layered 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 so imperial drag is very worth checking out as well uh but for for now it's all about this fucking song and this was not the first single off the record by the way <laughs> which <laughs> oh, just blows, blows my mind so like uh, oh god play some more play some more play some more all right dropping these references in which is sort of probably halfway ruining the experience for people listening to it but that's that's totally that last section is mm-hmm. like a kenny Loggins song yeah 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 absolutely uh late 70s uh, kenny Loggins. Like, whenever i call yeah. you friend and the stuff he did with michael mcdonald sure yeah 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 it's fucking terrific i was gonna say too that 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 the hell me now i can't stop falling uh that would be a uh a damon and aaron choice from virtually anything that we've ever done together. And I probably do it by osmosis because of these guys, or we just grew up listening to the same music that these dudes did, but that would be a, a choice that you and I would make. Those kind of like do counter melodies. Yeah. The counter melody there at the end. Uh, uh, well, is I ripped very it much off a, from REM the, who yeah. me, kind of like the progenitors of that. I wonder if these guys did too, you know? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I'm sure that they love them. I'm sure that they love them. Yeah, the counter melody thing is a huge move, yep. uh, and these guys are putting it to great, great work here. I, I almost felt it coming. That's how. That's yeah. how because you're like, yeah. oh, there's, there's, there's a little like guy singing by himself, and it's going to keep going, and then suddenly other voices are going to drop it. I just felt it coming down the street. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not appropriate for anything to happen simply in a jellyfish song. Yeah. There's going to be more layers. Right. So this is just about is close to ending. Let's let's hear it out, and then yep. we can. All right. God, it fucking hurts my fucking fucking crying like a fucking jackass over here. It's so good. Oh my god, it's the first. Uh, god, fuck, it's so good. It just uh, makes me. It makes me really, really happy. And and I, I it's. Uh, it was hard to wait on this. I just kept making myself wait. I'm putting. <laughs> I'm putting this forward. <laughs> I gotta. You know, I don't know if I have to turn in my K Rock credentials or something, but that's not a song I'm familiar with. Well, you know, it didn't happen very often or very long. It was I probably heard the second of six times it was on. <laughs> yeah, you know, 
It's yeah. probably it's odd. I'm vaguely Boston. familiar with all this. I just real. I just looked. This is spilt milk. Is this that, that? That's this record. Yeah. All right. Right. Then I. I because this one. It said this one was on Charisma Records. Charisma. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember that's I. One. I, I keep saying my magazine. I had an A and R magazine in right around this time called Fast Forward, and all I did was interview A and R guys. And Danny, I forget his last name, was the vice president of A and R at. Uh, Charisma Records, and he talked about this record. I think in the interview I did with him. I gotta go look yeah, it up dude. now because it's bothering yeah. me. <laughs> but oh, yeah, gosh. Danny Goodwin was that guy's name, and he loved this band. I remember him talking about it. It's hard to imagine somebody like talking shit about it, right? Like it's not, yeah. it's not the kind of thing where I don't know. Maybe if you were like macho or something, but like I don't know. It's one of those things where like I and also playing this in out in the world, and this is a big thing. For, for the straight male. <laughs> Every woman that I've ever played this for, friend, gal, pal, whatever, they all fucking love it and it knocks them out in like, they get kind of wistful, dreamy look in their eye when they hear it. <laughs> now, how, how, you're going to say, it's giving is, me a hand job. That's Every woman fucking... I played this for, it's giving me a hand job. Yes, and. But, but like, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's like, it's to me, it had that same effect that like back in the day, like in high school, <laughs> where you put this song, you like if you're about to have like a makeout party with some chick and, and you go to put some sounds on and you drop the needle on like Avalon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. And you turn around yeah. and look at him and go, huh? And they go, they're almost pissed at you because they're like, fuck you, dude. I know. <laughs> you yeah. know that this is a, right. a fuck, that's the e-ticket. That's the, you know it's on. Slave this, to love, like, really. This has the same, okay. What, <laughs> right. Like, and so like, how could, so if that's true, yeah. if that's true, then women control so much. Like women made it, made sure that we knew about Duran Duran and that they stayed there. You yeah. know, I mean, Duran Duran was possibly less, was less maybe ponderous. Who knows? But like, I just find it weird that that's true. If all, if every woman who ever heard it loves it, what the fuck happened? There's a marketing guy tearing his hair out right now over it. <laughs> charisma. I'm tearing my hair out. Phil, <laughs> Joey Fish were great. Uh, thanks good, for, sor- thanks good sorbet, Aaron. Really good. Uh, sorry. Yeah. I know that that was a really long fucking explanation. Da, 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 but like, it means you so much it. to me. Fulton Avenue. Yeah. I'm never, I'm going to drive down Fulton and see what happens to me now. <laughs> yeah. I live right near there. Yeah. Oh, golly. Well, there you have it. I love I it. I, I need more jellyfish in my life. There you go. Only two records you got to buy. I got to hear this song again. It's fucking layered as a fucking Napoleon, dude. And it's it's well worth it. Good show. Good show, fellas. Good show. (laughs) We did it. We're back. We're back. Yeah. We're back. We didn't lose a step. No, we may have gained one. I know. (laughs) We're better now. Super shitty torture songs. Great sorbets. We're right on it, man. Legal advice? What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and and by the way, no rehearsal. Like you know, two hour, two hours. You know, went over the songs in two hours and destroyed Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> Gay Paris. Yeah, Gay Paris. All the streets of LA. So I don't know. We're we jokingly are calling it season two, but I don't even know. I feel like us calling anything anything to we just forget about it after like two yep. episodes <laughs> yeah if we come back to it fine it's, yeah, it's, we come it's back, sort yeah. of a nice little book a bu- sort of nice to bookmark it as the beginning of a new thing it's a new attitude we're doing you know every other year? week yeah yep. it's a new year everything is new um what i like about this is that if we do one every other week right the way the math works out i think is that when we get to our 
would it be two year anniversary? I think it almost exactly falls on episode sixty nine. Ow! <laughs> Have we been doing this Next year? A year? I don't think no, we, no, no. no. It'll be a year in in March. Okay, yeah. But it'll be two years. It'll be sixty nine. Hold, hold on a second, though. We, the, I think the first episodes dropped in March. It may be the end of March, as I recall. But we but recorded earlier. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we no later than like uh, fe- beginning of February we started recording because mm-hmm. we started recording. What the hell we yeah. were doing. We still don't, mm-hmm. but you know. <laughs> um. So anyway, yeah, this it's almost in a month. It's going to be like a year. This shit. Yeah, yeah. Boy, I'll say this too. If you know, if season one is 41 episodes, I'd like to syndication on that. 40 episodes, man. That's a lot for a season. I know. <laughs> 41 hot eps. 41 hot eps, man. That's, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm churning out the quality entertainment over here. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> 41 episodes. There are three of us. Uh, how many did you write? I wrote, I wrote 16 episodes. Like, what are you- <laughs> The syndication rights, baby. Yeah, man. Very nice, guys. Well, uh, Very nice. Uh, great job. Welcome back, boys. It's, uh, it's going to be a fun year. Welcome back. Season two. Episode forty-two. Now that I'm totally confused because it's not season two, episode one. It's it's we're just still going with the numbering system, right? Yes. So we're episode yeah, 40, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's forty-two. Yeah, yeah. 42. Episode forty-two, part of season two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else figure it out because we're too lazy. Yeah. No, just to so be this- dicks, we should be season two, episode forty-two. Just, just do it backwards. <laughs> everyone else does it. You guys missed the first forty-one of season two. I don't know where you are. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we are the Gitmo Bros. We are the number one rockers forever. And uh, we're happy to be back, and thank you for listening, and I guess we will talk to you on the next episode. Goodbye, lads. Goodbye, everybody. Bye! Ear and loathing. Ha <laughs> ha, suckers. Mom! Take it easy. Lower it. I'm, I'm not going to lower it. I have to do this now. I don't mind you playing it, but lower it. Tune in next time for more Ear and Loathing. End transmission. Goodbye.